It's the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. This Locked On Podcast is brought to you by Home Chef. Now that the novelty of the new year has dwindled down, how are your resolutions coming? One of mine was to order less, take out, cook more at home. But I'll be honest, I haven't been consistent. That is until I found Home Chef. Home Chef provides fresh ingredients and chef-designed recipes conveniently delivered to your doorstep to simplify the cooking experience and without robbing you of the joy of putting a dish together yourself. I'm Pescatarian, and they cater to a variety of dietary needs. I had this super refreshing ginger sesame salmon, a beautiful trout dish, and a super comforting shrimp and vegetable orzo dish, all of which took me less than 30 minutes to put together. For a limited time right now, Home Chef is offering all of our listeners 18 free meals plus free shipping on your first box, and free dessert for life at homechef.com slash locked on. That's homechef.com slash locked on for 18 free meals and free dessert for life. Homechef.com slash locked on must be an active subscriber to receive free dessert. Jackson Gatlin here, host of the Monday edition Locked On NBA podcast. Every Monday, I cover the three biggest stories in the NBA with the local experts from Locked On. It's an awesome recap of the weekend of the NBA and a look at what's ahead. Mark your calendars on Monday to join me for Locked On NBA podcast, available on YouTube and wherever you get your podcasts. On today's Locked On Thunder podcast, we're going to dive into the Oklahoma City Thunder getting their season started, and what each player needs to approve upon. An injury update for Jalen Williams, what this rotation looks like without him for 7 to 10 days. Plus, we're going to dive into how the Thunder can game plan for Jokic and what the Thunder need to see from their pairing of Shea and Josh Giddy in Game 2, all coming up on today's Lockdown Thunder Podcast on the Lockdown Podcast Network, your teams every day. You are Locked On Thunder, your daily Oklahoma City Thunder podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. I am your host, media member, and editor-in-chief over at thunderousintentions.com. Ryland Styles, you can follow me on Twitter at Ryland underscore Styles. You can follow the show on Twitter at LOTHUNDERPOD. Email the show, LOTHUNDERPOD at gmail.com. Thank you so much for making us your first listen every single morning, every single day. We're here for you talking Thunder basketball. For your next listen, check out the Game to Game podcast, a breakdown of every single NBA game that happened the night before. It's awesome. It's all of us giving a one-minute kind of biggest story takeaway from each game so you get the perspective that local fans are talking about and hopefully uh, makes it easier for you to keep up with the national realm of things as we're all hyper-focused on the Thunder season. Obviously, it's hard to watch the Thunder game plus more NBA action each and every night. So uh, we want to help you stay up to date over there on the Game the Game podcast. Today's podcast also brought to you by BetOnline.net. BetOnline is where the game starts. And in that game against Minnesota... Jalen Williams looked really good. Granted, it was in like five minutes of action because he got hurt, but he looked really good and he continued, you know, his trend. And the reason it's so impressive is he continued his, his summer league and preseason trend of looking good. Uh, Now only got five minutes because he got hurt and he was elbowed in the eye uh, by McDaniels going up for a, a layup, a dunk and was reviewed and still not called an offensive foul. Either way, he got elbowed in the eye, the eye swollen shut uh, in, in this setting, and he has an orbital fracture. Now, the Thunder have already taken care of the procedure, the surgery for his orbital fac- fracture, so he's out for now 7 to 10 days. 
So what does that mean for the Thunder moving forward? Well, uh, another promising rookie, of course, Chet Holmgren's out for the year, and then Jalen Williams is out for 7 to 10 days. Two of them are out. Doesn't appear as though there's going to be any other injuries uh, for the injury report for the Thunder other than that, but we'll see on that more clarity tonight and tomorrow morning uh, for the Thunder. But it's an orbital bone fracture. Successful surgery already, 7 to 10 days. So what that means is he will for sure miss Saturday against the Nuggets, Sunday home opener against the Timberwolves, uh, Tuesday and Thursday both at home against the Clippers, and then the seventh day would be, of course, Friday. So technically speaking, that Mavericks game in Dallas on Saturday is outside of that uh, window, so he could return for that game. And then that tenth day would be November 1st against the Magic. That is no longer on TNT. TNT pulled that game uh, from their airwaves, so they'll be back on like Poly Sports Oklahoma and no longer be a nationally televised game. But uh, So that that's kind of the range you're looking at next Saturday, or November 1st against the Magic, kind of in that realm of, of, of games that he could return for. Now, Jalen Williams has already posted a picture of a masked Kobe Bryant, his favorite player in the you know of NBA history, on his Instagram. And so it's safe to assume that Jalen Williams will be wearing a mask whenever he returns uh, to the team and returns to playing after this orbital bone fracture um, that he suffered in this game against Minnesota. Does it suck? Obviously it does. Like, obviously it's a setback, but um, it shouldn't take that long to overcome. And you just hope that everything goes well in this recovery in the next seven to 10 days. That's whenever he's going to be reevaluated again. Doesn't necessarily mean he's going to be right back after seven days or right back after 10 games, but that's his reevaluation date. If all goes well, he'll wear the mask. He will play. He'll look awesome in the mask. I think that almost every player will look awesome in the mask, but Jalen Williams, especially, we saw Lou Dort go with the mask last year, which was very fun to see, and, and he played well wearing his mask. We've seen, of course, LeBron playing his mask every every uh, time a player wears a mask, that's what you immediately think of. But uh, that is the news of the day for the Thunder. Now, they do have a game on Saturday, so we are going to have a Saturday podcast recapping this game because we're going to recap every single game, plus deliver you Monday through Friday podcasts as well here on the Locked On Podcast Network. The game against the Denver Nuggets. What should you watch for? What should you, what should you pay attention to, right? So, obviously, you'll have college football on. OU's on a bye week. OSU plays Texas, but that game should be over by 8 o'clock, obviously, because they play at, like, what, 2.30 probably. Uh, so, you, you're all college football out. You want to watch the NBA. What should you watch for? Thunder versus Nuggets. I'm interested to see how they handle Jokic. Does Jalen Williams play? Does he actually get on the floor? There were there is a there's a bold prediction. I'm not sure if he's put it anywhere out publicly, so I'm sorry if I'm betraying trust from Clemente Almanza. But he texted me and said he thinks that the Thunder are going to start Jalen Williams out of Arkansas against the, in this game after not playing him in the season opener. He's going to get the start against Denver. Uh, obviously, that would be hilarious if if like that actually came to fruition. But uh, that's kind of where we're at with that in terms of the matchup. So with so with Jokic, do you throw Jalen Williams out of Arkansas on him? He kind of has that energy factor defensively. He has that kind of fearless factor of going to get into the body of Jokic. And I think that he can play similar to the way that Isaiah Roby matched up with Jokic, which was good enough considering the circumstances, um, you know, getting into Jokic's body, walling up at the rim. And as I said all last year, I think that we can say the same thing on Saturday night about Jalen Williams if he, if he plays, that, you know, Roby last year, he defended Jokic well. I mean, he was walled up at the rim. He stayed in front. He had good positioning. But there are just certain moments and certain instances where the size matters and you are just too small and you can get finished through by a Jokic. So 
let's see Jalen Williams. And I, and I think that Jay Whale out of Arkansas, if he plays Saturday, could it instantly skyrocket up um, big boards and up like boards of who's the most fun Thunder player because I think that he'll play with energy, with that big smile. He'll draw a charge. He'll, he'll go into the body of Jokic, get a, get a block on the MVP. Like he'll do certain things where fans get really excited on Saturday if he plays. Now, I also want to see if they're going to continue to go to that Eugene Marie strategy because Eugene getting physical with Jokic could be interesting. Now, he did pick up five fouls in like 14 minutes, and I wonder if him playing was a byproduct of was a byproduct of the JRE foul trouble or was a byproduct of the Thunder actually wanting to um, switch some things up and see if he can provide some intensity. So I do wonder if he's if he plays, if he gets a shot at Jokic in this game. Now, as far as like going away from Jokic, I think that the biggest storyline besides how do you handle the two-time MVP, duh, is do the Thunder legitimately play fast? Like, Mark has sent the warning, he sent the message, do the Thunder legitimately go whenever SGA and Josh Gear on the floor? Do they do they play faster? Do they pick up the pace against Denver? Now, it'll be hard. You're playing a, a good team in the Denver Nuggets, like a top team in the West. You're also playing in Denver with the altitude and everything that makes that hard to play in Ball Arena. Do the Thunder pick up the pace in this game? I'm also watching for Lou Dort. Does Lou Dort look more comfortable? Look more relaxed? I'm not sure if he will against Denver or not. He'll have a tough task, of course. Um, the the matchup with Murray likely to happen if Murray plays. Um, but I just want to see Dort play within himself. Like, he didn't play bad on Wednesday. So I don't want that to get misconstrued, uh, of my opinion on him, on Wednesday's podcast or this podcast. He didn't play bad. But it just felt like there were there there was moments of him forcing something to happen or forcing his hand offensively, and I want to see that kind of dwindle now with with this current setup and this current roster. And then I want to see a poker responds because this can go a lot of different ways, right? Alexei Pokushevsky played really well in Minnesota. Like he played a serviceable role, made good decisions, made good passes. There were a lot of potential assists out there. Um, to be had. There was one beautiful play where uh, Usman Jang and Josh Giddy ran like this give and go action where Usman Jang then looped around, got to the lane, and Josh Giddy with a ghost screen and pop for Poku hit Poku on that ghost screen and pop top of the key. Poku had enough room to shoot the ball, but he made the better decision and passed it to a wide open guy at the cylinder in Usman Jang. Usman Jang just couldn't finish the layup. And now there's two other people in the corner where their corner defenders had to stay home. And if they didn't stay home, then it'd be corner threes wide open. I have that Twitter, uh, I have that clip on my Twitter account at Ryland underscore styles. If you want to go watch it and go see what I mean, but like that's the kind of thing where no, that didn't lead to an assist for Pokoshevsky, but in watching the game, that's a really good play for Poku to not just do, to not do too much. Like he, he could have launched that, that step behind the line, top of the key three. He could have, if he wanted to had space too. he could have tried to dribble or move. He just stayed put, looked up, surveyed the floor, saw a wide open guy, got the ball to him. He's a really good passer, really good decision maker. So I say that to say he had a nice game on Wednesday, we had a terrible final four minutes. And so does he go, you know what? Snap and clear those four minutes away. That didn't happen. Doesn't matter. Let's just focus on continuing to play solid. Or does he shy up where he's just like, now he's just shell-shocked from those last four minutes and and, and now kind of has a bad game because of it and, and stacks a bad game on a, on a bad ending? Or 
Is it somewhere in the middle, right? Some, somewhere in the middle. How does he respond to a really bad start, you know, really bad close to that game? And it's a it's a bad close in the sense of, you know, he's never been in that setting before. So, like, I also gave him that courtesy and that break on Wednesday's podcast. So I just want to see how he responds. We'll talk more about what to watch for coming up, but also talk about what I want to see improved out of these Thunder players coming up. But first, I want to tell you right now about our good friends, over at Bet Online, folks. Bet Online is the best place to place bets on sports if you so choose. You can go right now to betonline.net and they have odds for every basketball game imaginable. They also have odds for like future stuff, like who will be an all star this year, who will win MVP awards, stuff like that. Now, you go to basketball in the sports book and it'll pop up the list of basketball games in front of you and you can bet on games tonight like the Pelicans and Hornets. The Pelicans are seven-point favorites on the road. Uh, That would be interesting to see how that game ends up spread-wise. Or they have odds for tomorrow. So the Thunder and Nuggets game tomorrow. The Thunder are seven-and-a-half-point underdogs on the road in Denver. So there were dogs against Minnesota. they are dogs against Denver. Let's see if you want to put your money there on the Thunder again. It was 1-0 so far this year against the spread. Let's see if they can do it again on Saturday against Denver. So check that out. Bet online where... The game starts. The NBA playoffs are right around the corner, and Locked On NBA is here daily to keep you caught up with all the late season drama. Every Monday, Jackson Gatlin rounds up the three biggest stories around the league, helping to break down the NBA playoffs. Mark your calendars to listen to Locked On NBA every Monday to be up to date. Locked On NBA, available on YouTube and wherever you get podcasts. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. We are back on the Locked On Thunder Podcast. On the Locked On Podcast Network, your teams every day. I'm your host, Rylan Styles. You can follow me on Twitter at Rylan underscore Styles. Follow the show on Twitter at LOThunderPod. Email the show, LOThunderPod at gmail.com. And we are diving into now what to watch for against Denver, but then we're also going to talk about what each player needs to improve upon. So we talked Lou Dort, we talked Poku. I want to see the rotation in this game. Like, what does it look like for the Thunder? What what does their what do their kind of ebbs and flows look like? We talked about Jalen Williams getting his first minutes of the year if he plays on Saturday. Uh, Wiggins does not play Wednesday. Does Wiggins play in this matchup where you have these wings like Michael Porter Jr. and you have these wings out there for Denver that that maybe is more conducive to playing Wiggins instead of playing him against two bigs like Rudy and Cat? Uh, does he play? What's the starting lineup look like? Like, Is it still Kenny Hustle in the starting group or did that maybe mess with Kenny a little bit? Does, do you want to kind of revert him back to the bench and have him, um, you know, have him come off the bench and be more of that veteran presence for the second unit? In this game, like what what are some of the tweaks that, that you're going to see made? Because Mark has made it very clear that there is no loud starting five. So it's not like they're going to have a, the same starting five every single game. He's going to hide the starting five until the last possible chance, you know, up until tip-off because he wants that competitive advantage, which I agree is a competitive adva- advantage because I don't think that the Timberwolves were exactly game-planning for Pokashevsky and Kenny Hustle to match up with, you know, Rudy Gobert and Kat. I think that caught them by surprise. Um, you know, so catching them catching them by the surprise is also, of course, a huge deal in keeping these starters private. But how does the rotation change in this game? I I wonder if you get a better game from Kenny and Mike Muscala. 
because I feel like, as I said after the game, you're already so young that you're going to need those guys to step up and help you close games and help you get over the hump and help you kind of bridge the starters to the bench sort of role and elongate your rotation. And they didn't do a great job on Wednesday. Neither one of them did. They'd be the first probably to tell you that they didn't play a great game on Wednesday. Uh, but do they show up more against Denver? And then you're right back. Back-to-back. After two days off, you get a back-to-back where you play the, the Nuggets in Denver, a tough environment, tough place to play on Saturday. And then you play at home as your home opener against Minnesota on Sunday. So does that factor into the rotations at all? Does that factor into what the Thunder end up wanting to do or end up um, electing to do. So I want to talk about what I think that we should watch for specifically for each player this season. And this is just an in-season thing, not, in, not a specific game thing. But with SGA, I'm very interested in the pacing for SGA. We know he's electric and really good at the slow, bring the ball up the floor, break down the opponent in isolation, hit a tough mid-range, get to the rim and just dominate down low, step back through. We know we can do all of that. But how does the pacing look? Like we look at the on-off numbers, I'd be interested to see how the Thunder pacing looks with him on the floor versus off the floor. And if the Thunder, you know, at the end of the year, played a lot faster with him off the floor than on it, and if he can catch up to that pacing. And, and, and is there a way where you can balance what he's excellent at, which is that kind of slow developing isolation style, with what I think that the rest of the Thunder roster is best at, which is going and pushing the pace and pushing the tempo and making quick decisions. So I'm watching for that keynote, as Mark pointed out, after the game on Wednesday. For Lou Dort, corner threes. I want to see him take a lot more corner threes than above-the-break threes. I want to see him settle into a more respectable offensive role for him or a more kind of transferable offensive role, I guess would be the better word, than a respectable Uh, Something that I think that will be sustainable and repeatable once this team is fully flushed out. Like when this team is fully flushed out, I think that there will rarely be a time where Ludor is playing a point guard style role, which he played some last year and the year prior, whenever this roster was just kind of in flux. Uh, I think that that there'll be rarely a time where the offense is set up to generate top of the key threes for him, which he shoots significantly worse than whenever he shoots in the corner. Like when he shoots in the corner, he's like a 44% three-point shooter. He's really good in the corner. Uh, So I want to see him get more there. Uh, I'd be interested to see him used more as a cutter and in in that kind of diving role on screens even. So I'd be interested to see in that. So like, what does his offensive role look like this year? Because we know what he can do defensively. We know what he's good at offensively. But can you put him in that spot to maximize him the entire season? For Josh Giddy, I'm looking for that jump shot in the sense of not necessarily the percentages. I did make the bold prediction that his jump shot will be uh, from three-point land above 30% this year from three. That is a bold prediction, but it's not necessarily 30% or bust for me. It's just, does it look, does the shot look pure, look clean, look good um, in general? Usman Jang, I just want to see him get on the floor and how he plays whenever he is on the floor uh, as, as a as a player and as a, as a member of the Thunder in general. Like, how how much growing does there need to be Right, how how advanced is he versus how much does he need to catch up on, and tr- trying to get a starting point of like, okay, realistically by X year, do you think that he can reach his ceiling or not with Usman Jang? Uh, that's kind of where I'm at with him. I want to see him get more comfortable dunking the basketball, and that shot obviously will be monitored. But I think that his defense will really impress everyone this year. Uh, Jalen Williams out of Santa Clara. The NBA 
NBA playoffs are right around the corner, and Locked On NBA is here daily to keep you caught up with all the late season drama. Every Monday, Jackson Gatlin rounds up the three biggest stories around the league, helping to break down the NBA playoffs. Mark your calendars to listen to Locked On NBA every Monday to be up to date. Locked On NBA, available on YouTube and wherever you get podcasts. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. How do the Thunder balance, like, allowing him to play on ball as a point guard, which he was used to at Santa Clara, versus having him play positions like the two, the three, and even the four at times? And I want to see with him improvement as just this, you know, kind of catch-and-shoot sniper role that he might have to fall into while also, while also not taking away too much of his cutting ability and his ability to drive and isolate as a scorer himself. With Darius Baisley, it's obviously just becoming an offensive weapon, like doing something, which I think he did a lot better of at the last two preseason, preseason games and even on Wednesday. Uh, you know, he can play really, really good defense, elite-level defense even, as a switchable one-through-five kind of guy. But can he be a threat offensively. Take away those bad three-point shots. Take away those bad indecisive drives where it's just slow developing and you just lose the ball halfway going up. Can you be a really good cutter, a really good screen and roll guy, just this rim-running guy? You, even though, you know, you came to the league classified as a small forward and, uh, you know, you're not you're not necessarily the, the size of a big uh, at just like 6'7", six, 6'8", six, six, Can you do it, though? Can you be a rim-runner? Because that's kind of like the, the last little piece for Baisley's offensive game and like the last little hope for him, because I don't think it'll ever be a knockdown shooter. Uh, from Muscala and Kenny Hustle, it's really just keeping their three-point percentages up. For Prokoshevsky, it is playing under control, improve upon that, like sustainably. He did it so far in the preseason, but also being sustainable throughout the whole season. Uh, and being more calculated with what he's doing when the ball is actually in his hands. For Trey Mann, it's being a more efficient scorer. Like he just has to become a more consistent and efficient scorer of the basketball. Jeremiah Robinson Earl, those three-point shots have to fall eventually. I think he can do it. I think he has the chops. I think that he has the ability. I think he can be a good three-point shooter. But eventually, they have to actually fall instead of just saying that over and over and over again. And then for Aaron Wiggins, I would like, I would like to see him as a potential secondary ball handler um, for the second unit. How does that look at the NBA level? That's kind of what I'm going with with, with him. So again, we're going to have a podcast tomorrow recapping the Nuggets game, talking all about that. We'll have a podcast Monday recapping the Wolves game, and of course, we'll take you Monday through Friday and after every single game. This is Lockdown Thunder. Thank you so much for listening. You are what makes the show go. You, the fan, makes this show happen. So subscribe for free across all podcasting platforms as a fan of the Thunder. And until tomorrow, when I'll talk to you again, be good and be good to one another. Hey, Prime members, you can listen to this Locked On podcast ad-free on Amazon Music. Download the Amazon Music app today.